The Bull Radio Football Show. A thumping win for Celtic in Europe last night. London Dykes completes his move to Queen's Park Rangers. Transfer talks surrounding Rogic and Turnbull and others. The Premiership is back tomorrow night. Bayern are back in European action tonight in the Champions League and there will be no fans at the two upcoming Scotland games which kick off two weeks on Friday. Just some of the stories uh, that will get you and us talking over the next couple of hours on the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean here, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson is with you and just listen to the guest lineup as well. It's VIPs every night on the show tonight. Lee McCulloch will join us. Alec McLeish. Mark McGee so get your questions coming for the three of them Barry as well what would you like to say what's on your mind at the moment what is troubling you what is pleasing you it's a bit like the psychiatrist's couch 0808 17 17 700 you can text go and your message to 87474 and on the socials at go football show Barry how are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thanks, Rob. What what a what a lineup tonight! I'm excited about the show myself, and, yep. and I was reading it. Yep, looking forward to it. some great guests as normal, but there's been great guests the last two and a half weeks. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, you watched Celtic last night. Could have been an awkward game. Sometimes these ones are against the Icelandic champions of Reykjavik, but they made it very straightforward, didn't they? They sure did. Look, if I'm being honest, they weren't the best team. But listen, Rob, you've got to be professional. Um, that's always the worry and that would have been a worry for Neil Lennon but certainly Celtic where they got off to a flying start with a goal straight away and listen they, they thoroughly deserved the, the, the six goals um, it could have been even more but look job done and that will give them the confidence going into the weekend which is going to be a, a tough tough game up at Tanadice. 6-0 it was as Barry says two goals for Mo Elianusi one for Julian one for Taylor one inevitably for Odson Edouard there was an own goal as well the happy half dozen and Neil Lennon was happy really important to get 90 minutes and into the legs and obviously negotiate the tie as well score six goals and keep a clean sheet very good so yeah I'm pleased with uh, a lot of that tonight yeah, he was delighted, wasn't he, with the way it went. Uh, couldn't have been much better for them cruising through. And they will play Ferenc Varos, the Hungarian champs, or uh, Djurgården of Sweden. In fact, we could get Ferguson Jr. on the case if it is the Swedish side they played. I don't know, if, has that game been played yet? Do, do Celtic know? Though? I think it's tonight. Is it tonight? That right. Well, so tonight. We'll, know, we'll know in the course of uh, tonight who Celtic play next. And we'll be getting Kyle on the blower, uh, <laughs> your boy who's playing in Sweden, uh, to give us the lowdown on Djurgården. In fact, it was funny because with Kjartan uh, Finn on the show last night, he used to play for Celtic and he used to play for KR Reykjavik as well. And he used to play for Ferenc Varos. So, <laughs> so I think he's probably our correspondent on that one as well. Uh, Neil Lennon uh, was really pleased about the return to form of Mo El Yunusi with a couple of goals last night. Certainly happy about that, wasn't he? Well, he's been knocking on the door. You know, he's had really good, good couple of weeks, you know, training-wise. And um, I think he's a good player. And the two goals tonight will do him the world of good as well. And again, he's one of them needs games to get going. But, you know, we saw a lot more positives from him tonight as well. We did have some Celtic fans on the back of that draw at Kilmarnock uh, whinging a little bit about mm-hmm. Moel Yanusi and saying, mm, how much does he do? I mean, the opposition was weak last night, let's be honest. But, I mean, he's a top player. He's, he's got a top pedigree, hasn't he? But the, because of how he's been valued in, in financial terms, the Celtic fans expect a lot of him. 
Yeah, listen, he, he had an off day at, at Rugby Park. There's no doubt about that, Rob. Um, but listen, he, he has got quality. Um, as, as Neil Lennon mentioned there, he, he's going to take a bit of time to get up and running. Last night, with his two goals, certainly give him a bit of confidence. But you can see why Southampton paid that, that type of money for him. Um, he just needs to start doing it in a, a more consistent basis for me. Um, but he's certainly got the qualities to be a... To be a top performer for Celtic. We're going to talk transfers uh, in a minute. Uh, some of it's are ending Celtic as well. But one transfer away from the rumour machine, one transfer that's actually happened, Ali, is a new signing for St Mirren. <laughs> oh yes, you know, I can tell. I'm very excited about this one. So Christian Dennis, it's not one I know um, to be fair, but he's a 30-year-old striker, 5 foot 11. So he'll be up with John Obika for St Mirren. He's from uh, Notts County, where he scored 40 goals in 54 games and he was on loan to Grimsby Town most recently in 2019 where he scored 10 goals out of 13 games and he's got a two-year deal with the club so it's exciting for us I think Yeah it's coming together quite nicely for St Mirren adding to the squad having got off to a solid start to the season Barry that was a massive win for them at Hamilton at the weekend Huge win Um, and I I said that listen I was impressed last year with with St Mirren with with Jim Goodwin's set up certainly defensively they were strong Um, just their issue was always scoring goals um, and he's trying to sort that this season I, I can see St Mern having a good season um, I, I can see them trying to push I know Tony Fitzpatrick is saying that they'll get in the top six but I like Jim Goodwin I think he's done a fantastic job there I think he's building a very good squad and now they've added that, that striker that hopefully will get the goals that, that um, St Mern need we were talking Celtic and players doing well for them. One who's uh, practically vanished at the moment, he's been on the bench so far for them, is Tom Rogic. So there's a big mm. question mark about his future. Wants obviously to keep his place in the Australian national side apart from anything else. Mm. Um, but it looks it looks pretty much, it's looked for a while of course as if he would be on the way out. And there, there's talk at the moment of a potential £4 million move to Qatari football. Yeah, like, as you mentioned, he's not, he's not played a lot of football, but... See, to be honest with you, Rob, another player that's got huge amount of quality. Um, when he's fit and he's firing, he's a top-class midfielder. Um, he's just finding it hard to get into that that midfield three just now. Um, with Christy Mc, uh, McGregor and, and Scott Brown obviously playing. Um, so I, I think you would see a lot of disappointed Celtic fans, if I'm being honest with you, because I think he is a player that can light up a game, he can score a special goal. And as I say, he's got a lot of qualities to be a... Well, I think he is a top-class midfielder, but he's just finding that difficult to get into that starting eleven. Is he is he a coming off the bench player though? Because he, you know he's got this great reputation of never finishing games. Mm. He practically never plays the whole the whole ninety minutes. But but is there is there much evidence of him coming off the bench and lighting up a game rather than a starter? I think if you ask him, he would want to start. Um, I think Neil Lennon would like to bring him off the bench but I think he's a he's a type of player that wants to he's, he's at an age now Robbie he's got to play every week he's not a young kid anymore he's getting experience as you mentioned there he's trying to get into the Australian national team and you've got to get into that national team when you're playing regular and Tom Rogic at this moment in time isn't doing that and that's hence the, the reason why there's a bit of interest in him um, and I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a few clubs because as I said he's a a top quality midfielder for me. Yeah, and it might just alert some others as well if he, if he's heading for Qatar and there'll certainly be plenty of money to be made out there. But you just wonder, 
he could uh, he could do well for a top club, one of the top clubs in England, maybe English Championship. You know, so so this might uh, this might spark a lot of interest elsewhere in, in Tom Rogic. What do you think, you Celtic fans? Um, I mean, a lot of you would be pretty upset as de- at his departure because he's scored so many big match goals he, he's that type of player he, he's he's got a, a pretty impressive role of honour behind him and I guess there'll be a lot of sadness were he to depart but right at this moment uh, he can't get in the team what do you think 0808 17 17 700 remember the text number as well which is 874 74 and it's go and your message on that at go football show on the socials were he to go Tom Rogic um the David Turnbull to Celtic stories are beginning to crop up again now that uh, he's back fit after that horrendous injury problem uh, back playing well again scoring for Motherwell as well and well it wouldn't be the surprise of all time if Celtic renewed their interest I wouldn't be surprised um, whatsoever um, David Turnbull I, I said it before obviously the, the move collapsed at Celtic through obviously an injury and having to go in for an operation when I seen him Rob he was a player that excited me. He's got so much going for him. Um, he said that he's that a tough, tough year. Been out through um, injury, having that, that big operation. Um, but he's certainly a player that, that that can go on and play at the highest level. I've no doubt about it. And it's great to see him now getting a run of games. I think it's important for him now because he's been out for a lengthy time. Um, but now I watched the game, the game against Hibs at Easter Road. You could see signs that he's starting to get back to the the kind of way he was playing before he got that, that injury. Barry Ferguson, Ali Defoy, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show uh, coming your way in the course of the next couple of hours. Uh, we will be speaking to Lee McCulloch and Alec McLeish and Mark McGee. And we'll be speaking to Asim as well right now on the phone lines. Asim, a Celtic fan, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks Rob, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. What would you like to say, Asim? It was uh, a general kind of point. Um, in light of this kind of historic and unique season, it was just to get the guys' views on, do you think Europe this season, for, for both Celtic and Rangers, I guess, might be viewed as a distraction almost? Now, especially as we get on to this, uh, into the season with the kind of backlog of fixtures already for Celtic, the demands of midweek, weekend, injuries, do you think there might come a point where the, the domestic game will be seen as more important in terms of resting players for Europe? I personally am not of that view, but I know a lot of Celtic fans are, and it's just to get... The, the guys' views if they think that's something that will be in the manager's thoughts as well as the season goes on? Yeah, it's a really good question, Asim. And uh, while you would like to see Celtic doing well on two fronts, uh, domestic and European, I think there are those, Barry, um, who would say, on both sides of the camp, who would say, let's not get too excited about Europe because mm. this season there's only one show in town. Yeah, your bread and butter's a league, Rob. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I think... Myself, I would want to play in Europe. You want to try and do as best as you can. Let, let's be honest, I don't think Rangers or Celtic are ever going to win a European trophy. I'm not being disrespectful, but the amount of good teams that are in these competitions is, is pretty frightening. Um, but listen, their, their bread and butter and their main aim is to win the, the league title. That's um, what the, the players will be fully focused on. They'll still be focused on Europe, there's no doubt about that. That's why both... Um, teams carry big squads Rob as well um, so they can maybe change uh, personnel at times um, but I'll always say the league title is the most important thing It's a difficult one isn't it I, seem, I mean obviously 10 in a row breaking the record 
would be ultra special. But then looking at the broader perspective, uh, the way Celtic, your team, are, are judged f- out with these shores um, are based on European performances. Yeah, that, that's exactly my thoughts. You know, I'm, I'm kind of the, uh, the first uh, season ticket I had was the year we broke the 10, uh, when Celtic broke the 10 in 1998. So for me, like I understand the, the historical importance and how important it is, but given the modern game and how you know we do struggle at the best of times to attract the best players, I think if we lose sight of how important Europe is, you like the Edwards and Charms, even your, even the Scottish players like Ryan Christie, they'll you know, they'll want to play at the best age. So I think for them, like this season, I'm just thinking you know going forward, we've got four qualifiers, but I think it's imperative we get into the Champions League in order to to keep the likes of Edward motivated this season. So. No, I, I, like Barry says, the bread and butter is the league, but I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think you can have a squad good enough that is able to handle both fronts. Is there a danger, Barry, that we get too insular in this country about our football and we get too wrapped up in the domestic and we, we don't look further afield and, and that proving ground in Europe? Yeah, but uh, look, Rob, I don't think um, we need to prove too much up here. I think we've got a good product up here. I think the game is in, in decent shape. We've got a lot of good players. Um, but just come back on it. I mean, I think it's crazy that the league champions of Scotland need to play four qualifying games. I, I, I think it's... Um, but that's partly to do with our performance, isn't it, over, yeah, over the years? I, I think it's got better. Um, yeah. Certainly with Rangers doing well last year in uh, Europa League and, and look, Celtic, for me, I've done pretty well. In, in the Champions League over the, the past few years um, but I, I still believe if you're champions in your country Rob playing four qualifying games to get into the group stages I, I think it's all wrong Asim are you excited uh, about what might might lie ahead then I mean you were talking about your you know the, the split among the Celtic fans about what the big priority is this season and how much Europe um, should be on Celtic fans' minds. But when you look at those two wins against Lazio last season and some of the European performances, you would be hoping that uh, that Celtic could be starting last night on a on a big, long run. Yeah, definitely. Like last season, I was in Rome for the away win and, and the home game as well. And so just over the years growing up, like a lot of my best moments as a Celtic fan have came in Europe, not to downplay the obviously domestic dominance that we've, we've had over the last 10 years as well but Europe is, is, is definitely something that excites fans and, and players alike you know a lot of players they come to play at that atmosphere so definitely looking forward to it I think you know we've been lucky with the draw having two home games to, to get two qualifiers hopefully out of the way and like Barry was saying there I do think having to play four qualifiers and the way they've kind of made the Champions League like a a closed book almost now for, for just your big leagues yeah. and you know it's, it's not great but I think next season because of the last couple of years performances from both Celtic and Rangers I think we, we st- the champions would start in the third qualifier and also we've got obviously the, the second place team would would get um, a shot at it as well so I think we just need to hope the other clubs um, I see Motherwell and um, Aberdeen have got a kind draw as well so the more that these teams can pick up points yeah. and coefficient points obviously the easier it will get going forward Yeah you're looking for them to help out as well in terms of the, the dreaded coefficient Just before you go I just wanted to ask you about those rumours about Tom Rogic leaving Celtic how, how would you feel uh, if if he if Celtic accepted that bid for him? <laughs> again, I'm a big Tom Rogic fan I think you know again he's provided some magical moments thinking back to the, the Invincible season that, that goal 
probably the highlight of, of many Celtic fans over the last 10 years. But he's he's struggled with injuries and he's he's struggled since kind of Christie's taken that spot. He has struggled to get back in the team or, or show his best form. I do still think he's got a lot to offer. Um, but I, I would think if we are if we are selling him, he'll go with everyone's best wishes. Uh, but I'd like to see us then go for another number ten to to challenge Christie in that spot. And you're happy with six six nil last night? Oh yeah, definitely. I thought we were professional and came out the traps really strong. Um, obviously, the opposition wasn't up to much, uh, which I think was going to be a big gulf. You know, there'll be a big leap, sorry, in standard when we play the either the Swedish champions or or Ferencvaros of Hungary. But I'd like to think with the home tie, that's quite favourable. So here's hoping that the, the Scottish clubs do well in Europe again this year. I seem good to talk to you. Cheers. And you, cheers. Thank you. Thanks for calling yeah, on the Go Radio Football Show and just rounding up some of the other transfer gossip as well. Quite incredibly, but maybe not that incredibly when you think about the rumour machine. Uh, there's talk of Leeds coming in for Ryan Kent at Rangers with a £10 million offer. The, the, the crazy season is underway. Yeah, it's, it's already started, Rob. I read that um, this afternoon before I came into the, the, the studios. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know where that came from. We spoke about him on Monday night. I thought he was the, the shining light on Saturday. Yeah. Um, sorry, Sunday against Livingston. He was the one that at least tried to create something in that final third. I think it would need to be crazy money, Rob, if I'm being honest. The same as Morelos. He'll be in the same situation. If a crazy bid comes in, they would obviously need to look at it. Um, but Ryan Kent needs to just get his head down and get back to the way he played when he first came up on loan. Um, last season, I was pretty disappointed in him at times. But there's no doubt in my mind that, uh, again, he's he's a guy that's got a lot of ability and he's a match winner, so I would hazard the guess that Stephen Gerrard would want to keep him. What do you think, Rangers fans? Um, Ryan Kent, uh, not surprisingly attracting interest, but surely Rangers have got to keep him if they are serious about stopping Celtic in their pursuit of 10 in a row. Get in touch with us on all the big football talking points. 0808 17 17 700. The Bull Radio Football Show. Thanks, Ali. It's Ali Defoy, Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson in the studio, and a great lineup of VIP football guests as well over the course of, well, it's going to be about an hour and a half from here because we've already clocked up 25 minutes on the show. Get in touch with us. Asim has done already. You can too on 0808 17 17 700. Texting to 87474, and that's go and your message on that number. And on the socials, it's at Go Football Show. It's all happening in the studio here, and I'm trying to keep a firm it's Barry focus doing stretches on around what's the studio again. You've stiffened up a bit, haven't you? Oh, get a bit of cramp in my calf. I'm afraid Rob had a I done a 10k run today. Sure, <sighs> struggled. Yeah, struggled through it. But you've got 90 minutes to go on the show. Are you going to make it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's get an opinion on your general level of fitness from our next guest on the show. It's the former uh, Rangers Motherwell, Wigan and Scotland player, former Kilmarnock manager as well, now assistant head coach at Hearts. Good evening, Lee McCulloch. Good evening, good evening guys, Rob, Ali. Hi. Up, Ali. How, how are you? We're, we're a bit concerned about Ferguson's fitness. <laughs> 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 
Who's fat is it? Who's fat is a fiddle? Don't worry about him. Oh, I'm not, <laughs> not, not, sure, not sure about that. If you saw him at the moment, you'd be a bit concerned that he was going to see out the next hour and a half, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. You must be just champing at the bit, Lee, to, to get going in your new job at Hearts. Yes, uh, exactly. I was in for the first week, and then obviously the powers to be uh, put a freeze in that. So hopefully we'll be back in the near future and get back to, which is going to be difficult, 27 games. Uh, league season um, 27 league games season. so we really need to hit the ground running first game being at home to Dundee who probably are going to be our biggest competitors or competitors of one of the biggest ones anyway so I think it's important that we, we start well which means as, as you'll all know uh, a good influence pre-season and the pressure's on isn't it to to do well, I mean, most people or many people out with will will have hearts as a stick on uh, to bounce straight back, but <laughs> that doesn't make the job any easier. No, it doesn't. I think that's for, for other people to decide. We know we've got uh, a really good group of players. Um, it's keeping as many of them together as possible, and maybe added one or two. Um, and then, as I say, just getting a good preseason, getting the fitness. Because some of the players have not done anything for maybe six or seven months now. So it's getting them back in, it's getting them changing direction. They all get given um, personal programmes to do, which is a lot with the 5k runs, straight runs, treadmill running. It's just, so it's getting them changing direction and, and getting the shuttle runs in just like they do in the pitch, uh, which takes time. So, um, yes, yeah, looking forward to taking pressure. Uh, bring it on. Lee, how you doing, mate? All right? I'm brilliant, I'm brilliant. Skiffer, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Listen, um, Obviously working with Robbie last year He's were um, very successful Obviously winning the league What's Robbie's qualities? Qualities I think very similar And I'm not comparing them uh, When he walks in The players I've, ju- I've just written that down the new, He's the new Walter <laughs> Smith No I'm, I'm not comparing them <laughs> No I know but He's got respect for the players His man management's really good and tactically, the, um, the amount of detail he goes in in the opposition and in your team, I think is something I've learned loads and loads from. Um, so, yes, lots of qualities, and I can only see him uh, going up the way. What, what's your background with him? Because obviously the two of you were together at, uh, at Dundee United, but what, what, what was the connection before that? Was there a connection? Before that, before that it was just really playing against him. Right. Uh, speaking to him, he phoned me a couple of times about... A, a course I was doing in Manchester to see about um, what that was like uh, and then we met up for a couple of coffees and, and then he asked me to come in and work with him. At that time I couldn't be, I had to be a striker coach uh, through some sort of HR process and then um, obviously made, made the jump up to assistant manager so um, delighted to be working with him, um, really really happy in the job and, and Hearts facilities um, really is at the Orium. Uh, Head at Watt University it really is unbelievable facilities so yes it's good life is good to know we've just found out Lee today confirmation that there'll be no fans at the two upcoming Scotland games uh, Scotland-Israel is a fortnight on Friday I think I'm right in saying and that's obviously clearly an issue in the, the club game as well ongoing goodness knows uh, when we're going to start getting people back inside the ground but looking further down the line that must be a really exciting prospect for you putting a putting a great team on the pitch and getting that atmosphere inside Tyne Castle when everybody's back in getting that bouncing Yes I think firstly from a Scotland perspective I think that would have been 
the twelfth man, uh, as it's as the saying goes, and and the same goes for Tynecastle. Uh, Barry will tell you how hard a place it is to go and play. I'm sure. I'm sure Barry uh, made his debut there as well. Probably. And by the way, I'll add this one. On. He won't, but you get man the match. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a hard, hard place to go. So ideally, um, we would like a full stadium um, for all our home games, and and obviously for the Scotland game, um, it can be very, very intimidating. But it isn't to be just now, and, and we just hope everybody sticks to the guidelines and we can get the, the fans in as quickly as possible. Lee? Yes? Are you happy being a, a right-hand man, or do you see yourself getting back into the firing line again sometime? It's, it's a great question. A lot of people say that to me. No, I'm, I'm really I've been asking you for the past couple of years and you've never answered me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy. I'm really happy. I still feel like I'm learning the game. Uh, I know you play for whatever it is, 25 years. and Obviously, as you know, coaching is different from management as well, um, like yourself. So I think it's, I'm still want to learn to be the sort of coach guy. I tried the management, I think it was eight months, uh, three or four eight months into manager, and it sort of burned me a little bit, mm-hmm. and it was well at my comfort zone. So I find I'm happiest in life, uh, just running about family, but on the training pitch, probably as a number two. So hopefully that answers your question, but I've no real desire uh, whatsoever to go and be uh, a number one. Has he finally answered that question, Barry? Are you happy with that answer? Yeah, I, I think I did at the end. My last sentence. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy enough. I thought, happy I thought you were giving him another sidestep there for a moment. Mm. But just wondering about wondering Lee about Kilmarnock. I mean, is that a double-edged sword um, in terms of painful at the time, but a big learning exercise for you as well? And from what you're just what you've just said there, um, maybe it came too soon in terms of actual management. It did come uh, far too soon. Um, and truth be told, at the time, I actually didn't. My gut was telling me not to take it, but I probably, if this is a phrase, pressured myself into taking it because everybody was telling me. It is a phrase now. You might, yes, exactly. You might not get another chance to take it. So I went in, I learned the, the amount of information I learned from, in that eight month time, even about people, even about family, even about friends, about players, about the whole situation has probably been invaluable for where I am now um, and how I can be better uh, for my current manager, Robbie. Lee, it's Ali here. How are you doing? Hiya. Hiya, I'm great, thanks. Um, I wanted to ask you... As you can probably tell, but on you go. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to check with you. You did a Master of Sports Directorship, um, so you're now an MSD, Lee McCulloch MSD. What does that mean, though, for anyone who's not really understanding it? Uh, it's a two-year course at university. Uh, it's a master's degree, official master's degree, and it means that I basically that I've got a degree in being a specialist to be a sporting director uh, in any sport. Uh, I think sporting directors are probably coming into the game. You see them a lot more, especially in England, but even in, even Scotland, uh, they're starting to come in with full ownership. Um, they need somebody to run the club, help run the club. Uh, and some boards haven't got football knowledge, so you can be the link between the board and the management team. Uh, but you oversee the the youth setup, uh, the medical and sports science setup, as well as the coaches. So 
Um, it was really, it was exciting. It was a good networker for me, um, but most of all, the knowledge I got from it was uh, was really good. Just the, the hardest thing I found was a dissertation. Um, I, I was twenty five thousand words, and I think. My missus wrote twenty-four and a half thousand. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't tell anybody <laughs> that. That's, before Barry. Do, 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 <laughs> do you know what? It's brilliant, Lee McCulloch with a degree. I love it. <laughs> Uh, no. From Can you get your head around it? Manchester Metropolitan <laughs> University. Oh, fair play to him. Listen, yeah. I, I spoke yeah. to him a few times about it, and I mean, he, it was it was difficult at times, Lee, wasn't it uh, for you? It was. That was. I'm all about trying to get the comfort zone. I want to say that there, but management was relative. But in this, it was really, really hard work. Um, just doing different presentations, doing. Um, assignments, 4,000 word assignments. The big thing was you, you do assignments, you're prolific, it's academia. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, as Barry will back up, I didn't really go to school, so I'm not that academic. So it was trying to get the uh, references in, Harvard referencing, I was trying to get the argument in. Uh, he said that, she said this, so what do you think? All, all the all the things that I didn't really have a clue about, but the, the tutors were unbelievable with, with the help that they gave us, and I think. I just get through honest, hard work, which probably I've done all my life. So um, <laughs> I'm just glad to have got there. And I think I graduate in January if um, all goes well with the social distancing and stuff. So I'm looking forward to wearing the cape and the hat. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be brilliant. And did you get, David Weir did it as well. Did you have much interaction? Were you able to chat to each other about it or, or did you do it on David yourself? probably yeah, did it for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then, well, it's two, two full days. Uh, every say five six weeks it was so I went down stayed with David and obviously we're in the same class together um, doing it so we sort of well let's be honest he he helped me through it uh, quite a lot because there was a stage where I was thinking it's too hard I, I can't go on with this and he, he gave me the pep talk and he just somehow helped me and dragged me through it so um, I've already thanked him and, and his wife for, for putting me up but I think that it's like any any journey you go on, you get tested, you get put down, but it's just how you react to it. And I'm just glad that I eventually just get through it. So, yes, I'm, I'm, that's something I'm really, really proud of. Do you know what's great about it, Rob? It's getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. A lot of footballers yeah. don't. And Lee's just mentioned there, it's something totally different. Two years of hard graft. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously saying that you never went to school that much, but to go and yeah. put your mind to it for two years, yeah, pretty impressive. Deserves stuff. a lot of credit for yeah. that. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, it really does sound like you're putting stuff together, the academic side of things, and also your your actual experience, which has been tough uh, sometimes along the way. But all that is going to make you a broader and better person, isn't it? To to attack this new challenge. Yes, I think it may, it makes you stronger. That's for sure. All the setbacks that you have, um, however the larger small they are that it does make you stronger and I just seen that as a sort of project I come back in the house and I joined it and my could not believe it um, she said you've, you've not even got a higher in fact you've not even got a standard grade um, so what are you doing going for the Masters and I was like it's just something that intrigues me and it's something that might help me in the future just to get through it I'm, I'm actually that I've got through that I, I've got this belief now doing in me that I could probably get through most things Although I'm not on PhD, um, but I'm looking actively, always looking to try and self-improve and, and go different courses and learn to different experiences. I think it makes you a better person and hopefully uh, a better coach.
I've got this picture of you going into the first day of training with a cape and the mortarboard on. <laughs> yes, I will be milking that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see you on your Twitter. And you will be getting dogs abuse as well. <laughs> exactly. Lee, what about the, the, the top league? How do you see that this season? Your old team Rangers looking to stop Celtic in their tracks. How, how do you see that going? I see, I see Rangers the best probably. I've seen them for um, certainly the last year, year and a half, two years possibly. Um, they look focused. They look hungry. Um, albeit against Livingston, you could have said they, they slipped up slightly, but um, got to give credit to Livingston. I think Celtic will still get uh, a few more signings in. That's just what I believe when they will do it. Um, and I think it's going to be the closest title race it's been for the last, I don't know how many years, but I definitely think it's going to go right to the wire this season. So you think they've got the tools to tackle Celtic this season, or do you think there's more investment to come, more signings to come? No, I, th- I, I actually think there'll be one anyway, possibly two more signings in uh, at Ibrox, but I think Celtic will, will probably go and freshen up their squad um, it's been a lot of the players that have been there for, for maybe the last seven, eight, nine uh, titles. So I think maybe they'll be looking to bring in a freshness as well. But I can't really call it just now. So probably yet again, I'm sitting in the fence. But I think it will be the closest uh, championship um, for for years and years. And I'm actually excited. Looking forward to it. Looking, looking further down the line, how, would would managing Rangers at some point would that be? You're talking big ambitions here. Would that would that be something further on that you would think uh, I would love to do that? Well, that's a bit of a, a weird question, Robin. I just said I didn't really want to manage Kilmarnock, but <laughs> no. Well, well, even even coaching then, even a senior coaching job, part of the uh, management I'm, setup. I'm absolutely delighted where I'm now, and the facilities. Um, I, I can only compare to what I was at and obviously Barry was there as well with Murray Park probably at the time was the best facilities uh, well I'd certainly been in um, now we've got the uni the, the Orium uh, is actually there's more variety and it's bigger albeit it's a university and it's not a private um, training ground but the, the facilities I'm at just now are unreal the club I'm at now is a big big club over I think it's over 11,000 season ticket holders I'm, I'm happy just now and I just want to make an impact just now the future who knows what it holds I just uh, I like to try and concentrate in the now forget about the past forget about the future and the now I'll always take care of that that's what I believe in well done on all those I academic that was a good dodge as well <laughs> it was it was you are the, you are the king of the sidestep Lee can I just ask you a quick one is like yourself and the staff he's putting yourself under pressure to get straight back up because obviously you look at the Hearts squad and the players that you have got there, he's have, I mean, for me, it's the strongest squad without a doubt. But listen, you know as well as anybody, it matters when you cross that white line, you need to get three points. Um, do you feel, exactly. and are you putting yourself under pressure to get back up? You're spot on with what you're saying. Yes, I think we've got to. We've got to put, mm-hmm. put ourselves under the pressure. We've got to go and win the league this season. Hence... 27 league games how we've got pre-season from now or when we start back it's got to be we need to be on it uh, we need to be working hard every day, every day players are going to be trying to better themselves every single day and win the league there's no there's no other way to dress it up there's no side dodge in that one uh, we really we've 
put pressure on ourselves and the players, and the players know that this this season we've got to go and win the league. Lee, all the best for the season, and uh, and thanks for joining us on the Go Radio Football Show. Brilliantly, cheers. Thanks very much. Lee, Thanks, Lee. Lee McCulloch, assistant head coach at Hearts. A big season uh, coming up for them when it eventually gets underway. Just confirmation that Ronald Koeman uh, is confirmed as the new head coach of Barcelona. There's been a lot of whispering um, recently about the possibility of Henrik Larsson being among his uh, backroom staff. No announcement on that as yet, but Koeman is into that top job at uh, Barcelona on the night that uh, Bayern play Lyon in the Champions League. What a game that's going to be. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Get in touch with us. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. You're with us on the Go Radio Football Show. It is 5.44 and a bit to be exact. So 15 minutes left till the of the hour. And we've got an hour, other hour to go on the show. Get in touch with us. Easy for me to say. 0808 17 17 700. We've heard from Lee McCulloch. Some interesting thoughts from him there. Uh, Alec McLeish to come. Mark McGee as well. And you, if you get on the phone lines to us, we're happy to get you involved in the show as well. Done well for himself, uh, your old pal Lee McCulloch. Hasn't he? That was that was interesting to find out about all that academic stuff. Yeah, brilliant. I've got to be honest with you, Rob. When he he mentioned it a couple of years back that he was going to do it, I was a bit taken aback. But it's great. I'd, as I'd mentioned there, can right out his comfort zone. Can down to Manchester, travelling down there for a, a couple of days every month. Um, so fair play to him. Um, He's got a degree in sidestepping uh, as well as he avoided yeah. some of our questions. <laughs> yeah, but listen, I, I love seeing that. I think more and more footballers or ex-footballers should do that. Go out of their comfort yeah. zone and try something different. And Lee's a, a great example for that. Um, and he's got his degree and fair play to him. And he's, uh, listen, I, I know one thing talking to him. He, he really enjoys working under Robbie Nielsen. Yeah. It's a it's, good partnership. I know Gordon Forrest is there as well. It's a good um, threesome there. But... He's, he really rates him. He really rates him on the training ground, and he says he's a good man manager. So, Lee's enjoying that side of the, the coaching, as he says. I thought he get harshly treated at Kilmarnock, um, but he openly admitted that he maybe jumped into it too quickly. Yeah. But listen, he sampled that. He's now back enjoying his football again. He's enjoying being on on the training ground, um, and I think. It's going to be a successful period for Hearts. I do, I think they've made the right appointment. And Robbie, you've just seen what you've done last year with Dundee United. Uh, they were struggling for a number of years to get back promoted. Um, you've done that job and I can see why Hearts have went for them again. And hopefully this year they get Hearts back where they should be, Rob, let's be honest. They're a Premier League team. Love playing at Tynecastle. Uh, there's no better atmosphere for me in Scottish football. Um, I used to love going away um, and playing it. Uh, the games there the fans are right on you um, fantastic facilities as well so I think Hearts have made a right shrewd appointment in Robbie and then bringing Lee and, and uh, Forrest in as well Yeah it's going to be good to get the fans back whenever that happens inside the the football grounds that was Barry Ferguson the former Rangers captain on the Go Radio Football Show Ali Defoy Rob McLean here as well as is Andy from East Bride. Hi Andy Hi there how you doing? Good how are you? How you doing Andy? Yeah not too bad not too bad what would you like to say? Uh, I was just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the news that broke today about sort of Tom Rogic looking to leave himself at Kidmouth to guitar. Um, just sort of, what do you think it means? Is this maybe like we're looking to strengthen that position and sort of move him on and bring someone else in, or do you just think it's just for other reasons? Do you think it's more than a rumour, Andy? 
Um, I would think so, just by the fact that he's obviously not had a lot of game time. Um, I mean, it's a sort of strange, obviously, being a bit closer to Australia. And obviously, the sort of place players go to make a bit of money. I could, I could see it being, there being truth in the rumour. He is a quality player, isn't he? And as we were saying earlier on, Andy, he's done it especially in the big games, hasn't he? Cup final winning goals and all that oh, sort of stuff. And and so, absolutely. Barry, a lot, a lot of Celtic fans, you know, as we were saying, will we'll miss him if he is gone. I think a lot of them will be disappointed. For me, he's a big game player. There's no, no doubt about it. But again, he's at an age where he'll probably want to play week in, week out. He'll struggle. Well, he's struggling to get in that, that certainly number 10 position where Ryan Christie, let, let's be honest, has been unbelievable the past 18 months or so. Um, how, do you leave, me, how do you leave him out? Yeah, but you would have to struggle because he has been one of Celtic's top performers, uh, Christie, there's no doubt about it. But Rogic, he's a bit of quality. He's, he's been there and done it. He's, as you say, he's scored big goals. He's, he's done things in, in big matches. Um, but listen, it'll come down to him. Does he want to sit on the bench? I very much doubt it. The other one we were talking about, Andy, was was Olivier and Cham, who mm. struggles to get in the starting lineup as well. I mean, he's top quality uh, as well, but it, it's a real problem. I mean, it's a lovely problem to have for Neil Lennon, but how do you how do you fit these guys in? Because if you're sticking with that formation and you've got Ryan Christie in possession and he scored twenty odd goals last season, how do you find room for either Rogic or Encham? Uh, like you say, it's a good problem to have, but I think that, I mean, a worry for me was that we were actually going to lose in champ, so I think we're all get going, it's sort of indicating that that's not going to happen, and then I think we sort of bring in a jetty, and Lennon's probably going to look to maybe change to the 3-5-2, and then it sort of gives you more the the opportunity to sort of maybe look, get in Sham and McGregor in the park with Christie ahead of them, and teams that are perhaps going to sit back a little deeper. With sort of you're not needing to have Scott Brown as much to be there, and then like you say, it's, it's, with quality players like that, if you pick up an injury, you want to have guys like Sham who stepping in if Christie does pick up a knock. But players get impatient, Barry, don't they? Play, you know, Olivier and Sham, French under twenty one international. He doesn't want to be sitting around on the bench. Well, Rob, I says to you off air before um, we come on the program. I think and Cham is the best Celtic midfielder on his game. I, I think he's genuine quality, I, I really do. Um, and uh, I'm surprised that he's not getting in that, that Celtic team, but again, you can say you're surprised. They have got quality in the, the middle of the park. You've got Brown, McGregor. I mean, McGregor, for me, is a fantastic footballer as well. Then you go into Rodgers, then you go into Christie and Cham. He's got a lot of top midfielders there and that a lot of them are not going to be happy if they're sitting on that bench. But for me and Cham on his game, I don't think you'll get much better, Rob. Andy, we were speaking earlier on to, to Asim, I don't know if you heard that right earlier in the show, but talking about where the Celtic fans stand on everything is about 10 this season or the, the European pedigree matters so much, the European reputation matters so much. What, what do you think? And, and I know you've got a podcast. What, what do the, the people you speak to on your podcast, what, what do they reckon? I think for me personally, I've, I, I tend to do bang on about it. I think that it's not just about 10. While that was obviously of huge importance, and I'll probably never, I may never see that again. I think in Europe as well, because if 10, if and when hopefully we do, we do 10. I want to look beyond that, and obviously the season's coming, and the money from Europe matters. And again, if you want to attract and keep players like in Sham, you need to be playing in the sort of Premier competition in Europe, and that is the Champions League. Um, and that, that's what attracts players, and I think the feeling for a lot of sort of fans and we speak to um, on the podcast, it's, it's similar feelings. Obviously, a lot of people who 
perhaps the older generation it's more about 10 for them because it's, it just probably holds a more significant feeling but yeah. I think a lot of people they want to see Celtic in Europe that's where they should be it's where they need to be and that's what you want because you know when that happens you get the best nights you get the best players in and it's, it's, it's going to keep us at the top of Scottish football Do you want to give your podcast a plug before you go? Yeah absolutely it's the fourth time in a podcast um, you can catch us on Apple Spotify anyway you can pick them up or um, at Pod Times and Twitter and Four Times a Podcast Facebook and you can catch up with us there and give us your thoughts and anything. I don't think I'll be invited on that, Rob. listeners up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't sound too suitable at all, Andy. It was a tempting proposition, but maybe pass on it to be honest. <laughs> maybe maybe one day. <laughs> listen, thank, thanks for calling us. Uh, good to have you on the Go Radio Football Show. That was Andy from East Kilbride. Let's talk to Gary in Knightswood next. It's eight minutes to six on the Go Radio Football Show. Gary, what's on your mind? Hi there. Um, question for Barry, obviously, regarding Rangers. Yes, sir. Go for it. Um, so, obviously, Barry's been what, the best crop that's came through in my lifetime of the academy. I mean, I've got what, about three or four others that I would say that are top tier. Apart from that, why aren't Rangers producing youngsters, what I would say, when we have the best academy facilities in the whole of Scotland? And obviously with Ross McCrory departing for one of our biggest rivals, Aberdeen, a couple of days ago, and obviously a lot of fans are not happy about it. So on his insight, why he thinks, is it, why aren't we producing every two or three years? Barry? It is a worry. I've had this conversation with many a people, Rob, if I'm being honest with you, as the caller just said there. The facilities are there. Um, why are we not bringing through players into the first team? I don't know. It's, it's got to come down to who's in there. I know there's good coaches in there. I mean, Tomo was on, Kevin Thompson. Yeah. I mean, I speak to a few people and obviously I know Tomo. I know Tomo's a very good coach. Um, you've got Brian Gilmer in there as well. But for me... There's not enough coming through and it's a real worry and it's a, a concern there a lot of Rangers fans whether I'm out at the shops or whatever they pull me up and ask me the, the reason um, I think you need to go and, and ask you, the head of youth why us or Rangers as a club not producing players to come in and be regulars in that first team um, if you think over the last 20 years there has players that have come in and played a, a handful of games and then they disappear Rangers fans want to see their own crop come through and, and come in and, and stay there for 10, 15 years. And I guess you look across at Celtic, Gary, and you see Tierney and Forrest and McGregor and these guys who've come through their system. Tierney McGregor, I mean, they've all came through. Obviously, Tierney's went down to Arsenal for 25 million. We're not producing, what, even 2.5 million. McCrory's went away for, I get what, peanuts, no doubt. Yeah, I think but I think Ross McCrory was only 300,000, I think, the, the, the end man. fee. I mean, uh, Ross McCrory, I, I liked him when he first came in. I think Ross has made the right decision. He, he's, I think he's now just turned 22. He's he's at an age where the young the young man needs to start playing regular. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was going to get that at Rangers, but I, I totally understand where he's coming from, and it's, it's not just... Um, the caller here there's a number of Rangers fans ask me this day in day out why we're not producing I, I don't know why but we need to start as a club they need to start bringing players through as you, you mentioned there I think Celtic have brought through maybe four or five Mickey Johnson Tierney Sean uh, Maloney Sean Maro uh, Maloney um, Callum McGregor 
Charlton McGregor for I mean, another. You, you can go on. You can go on there. James so, Forrest, I'm sure, came through. James Forrest yeah, is another one. He's a great yeah. example of that. Yeah, and, and these, I, I players, these players are winning the well, the player of the year in Scotland. Mm-hmm. But when, well, I'd say, well, we've not done that since Lord Fergie. Yeah, but as I concerned that I, I get where you're coming from. I, I, I don't know that. That's a question that needs to certainly get put to the head of youth and ask the reasons you know, why. Gerard coming through as a youth player from mm. obviously Liverpool, which is a massive. He should know first and foremost what it is. He yeah, well, these well, I've listened to a few um, interviews with Stephen Gerrard, and he says if they're they're, they're good enough, he wouldn't have any hesitation in playing them. So. Mm-hmm. That'll be an area he desperately wants to improve, I would have thought. But but I mean, that's not a quick fix, is it? That that's something. If you're going to change the system, then that that's a you know you're going to get longer term results on that, aren't you? That that's not the flicking of a switch. Yeah, it's going to take time. But the, the youth system's been been up and running for a number of years. Rob, the facility, um, the the training centre's been there for a number of years. So they still ain't producing. They're producing players that will come in and maybe sit on the bench and play a couple of games, and then they'll disappear again. The Rangers fans want to see somebody come through their youth set up into the first team and stay in the first team. Gary, thanks for calling. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Gary from Knightswood on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Into the second half we go on the Go Radio Football Show. Good to have you with us. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson in the studio. I've heard already from uh, Lee McCulloch. We'll be hearing later from Mark McGee. The Scottish Premiership returns tomorrow night in Perth with St Johnston and Aberdeen. The Champions League is back tonight. Uh, a mouth-watering tie, to say the least, between Lyon and Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Bayern, who beat Barcelona 8-2 last Friday night and uh, the upshot of that is Ronald Koeman is the new manager at the camp now and uh, Moussa Dembele who scored those two goals against Man City last Saturday night he starts tonight for Lyon against Bayern 8 o'clock kickoff tonight should be an absolute belter well we bring you top guests on this show no doubt about it and this man certainly qualifies the former Rangers Motherwell Hibs and Scotland manager is with us good evening Alec McLeish Hi there guys how's it going? Very well, how are you? Yes, fine, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, strange times, bizarre times, but um, we've got to go on well. Coping with lockdown, okay? Yes, yes, I think. Loads of walks. Do more exercise than I did before the lockdown, to be fair, you know, with the Dolex stuff every morning. Well, your old captain, your old captain at Rangers has been d- taking some exercise today, and he can hardly move here in the studio. He's struggling, Barry, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, that's me. I've touched 42 now. When I go out, I run, I stiffen up, but. Still try to keep fit. But it's the after pasta. No, after listen, I've changed my diet. No, I've changed my diet, Gaffer. I'm more protein now. I know I encourage you to do it when you were playing, but no, 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 no. <laughs> that was a mistake I made sitting at my desk eating pasta every day. <laughs> I like confirmation today that those upcoming Scotland games, uh, they start uh, a fortnight on Friday with a home game against Israel, but there's going to be no fans. UEFA just confirming that there will be no no fans at all in at those games. Yeah. It's, a, it's a real disappointment, but we're, we're having to get used to all these uh, strange happenings um, as, as we try and um, teeter our way back into something approaching normality. Yeah, I know. I know the, the, as you say, it's, very, it's bizarre. You know, Barry will, will remember when we played into Milan behind closed doors over there in, in Milan. And you were, I think you were there that season, Barry, were you for that one? Yep, was. Champions League. Um, very strange. And, strange. I know, it was. 
it's not easy, is it? Is it? You know, Barry, we 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 had a few of the the members from the you know the upstairs, the, the important people, by Gandhi Smiley and all these guys. You know, oh, I could hear him giving me abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I know, a big Andy. That's the problem with the lack of a crowd, isn't it? You hear absolutely everything, good and bad. You do, and uh, I, I actually had a wee spell of that in Egypt as well when I was at Zamalek. You know, we we kind of the, the top two teams, Zamalek and and Al Ali, and um, we didn't play in front of crowds at all, and and it was just the members because they're sporting clubs, and so it's like Zamalek Sporting Club, and all the members are up behind you, and all you can hear is them like morning, and and it, but I can hear myself shouting right across to the winger at the other side of the pitch, you know, no problem, and 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 it was really really bizarre, but we we got used to it. It's difficult, isn't it, because you have to create your own intensity in the game because it's not coming from the stands, Alec. You do, and especially at home, I think that the away team can come, and obviously there's intimidation when when you've got a, a fantastic home crowd to come and play in front of, and that often gives the the home team a, a shoot in the arm. But uh, when you you're coming to a stadium that's empty, then maybe you've got a wee bit more of a chance, you know, unless unless of course the mentality says you're intimidated by the surroundings, just. You know the the stadium itself, but uh, I certainly think that it, it gives the away teams a wee bit more scope. I mean, it's far from ideal, but we're just delighted that football's back, aren't we? We're just celebrating its return at all, and if if that's the best of it, if we if we don't have crowds in at the moment, then we just we just have to get on with it. But it's so it's so important, and I guess we feel that Alec very much up here at the moment um, because. Because of what happened with the Aberdeen eight and the bully bull and goalie episode, uh, it underlines how fragile the situation is and how one more false move and we might be back to square one. Yeah, I know there was there was um, you know all the jokes were going about last week that if, um, you know somebody else misbehaved and Rangers maybe beat Livingston at the weekend, then um, the the league would. Really, would award Rangers the title, but um, I guess it's a bit premature for that, to be fair. But we 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 do um, love to see the football back, and you know, there's no doubt in that that, um, that that the punters would love to get back as well. And and it's you know when and if that's going to be at this side of this year, I, I really can't see it. You know. Gaffer, got a question for you. Are you looking, or are you want to get back into management at any time soon? No, I'm. I'm not really um, looking to get back in the front line, Barry. You know, uh, 20 years of firefighting has <laughs> it's, it's been quite enough. It gives you a little bit of a sore head at times. And um, I, if I was coming back, I'd like to maybe try and look at something behind the scenes you know a director uh, of football director. Mm-hmm. yeah director of football something like that you know I feel still get, get that in me and I can help you know maybe a young manager because Barry you know and I know and I've always emphasised this whenever we get a chance to talk that recruitment was the most vital aspect of football once you become you know once they get their man in place then the next most important thing is recruitment and when we done that in advance that season, we, we did the helicopter Sunday. I was able to get guys like Dado Pre-Show five months in advance, uh, Boom Song five months in advance, and then, you know, of course, you come back in January and that. But 
we we um, certainly didn't prepare well after the treble season when when uh, we were signing players like three weeks before pre-season training started. You know, and it was mostly guys who were at the end of their careers and great players in their day, but um, just not quite the legs that you need for, in my opinion, a Rangers player. And the problem about being Scotland manager, Alec, as you found out, is that there is no transfer market and you've got what you've got and that's it. And if you've got a shortage sor- shortage of central defenders and, and you yeah. don't have an obvious goal-scoring central striker available to you, you just have to put the jigsaw together with the pieces you have. Well, that's right. You know, the, the two games that I managed to keep the same team was, was ironically, you know, the, the playoff games against Israel. Uh, and Albania, and we we won those two games, two two cracking games. The Hamden game against Israel was really exciting. We had a great victory in the last few minutes, but but to be honest, you know it was it was a really brilliant open game, and it was you know it was really good attacking football, and and I, I didn't manage to get that team together again. Uh, certainly, the, the the obviously bad result against Kazakhstan. Was was a blow to everybody, and and, and of course my pride as well, and, and I was devastated by that. But uh, it was it's hard to get the guys together in the Scotland job. There was very much uh, an experimental year. I said to a lot of the older players that I wasn't going to pick them, and, and I'm going to look at a lot of other players while we go and play in Mexico, play against Mexico, and play against Peru, uh, and then some friendlies against. Giant countries, you know. Well, Belgium's not exactly a giant country, but they're, they're a fantastic football team. Um, Portugal as well, and you know, we we took some some beatings, some lessons. But I, I'd played a lot of young guys who don't have all the quite have all the answers yet. You know, I didn't have a like a, a leader in midfield, a Ferguson, for instance. You know, and I was trying um, out a lot of of experimental stuff, and I thought, well, in the end, I, I probably you know, was a bit of a sacrificial cow, you know. But Rob, people don't, <laughs> sorry Gaffer, people don't realise how hard it is at international. You, you get 10 days and the Gaffer will probably tell you, players turn up, they maybe no train for a couple of days because they've had a game on the Sunday of you and meeting up on the Monday and maybe carrying a bit, a bit of an injury. So you're, you're down in squad, you're down in numbers and then you've got a game coming up on the Saturday and you don't get a lot of time they prepare your team. I mean, that's what I found when I was away with most international games, probably yeah. a handful of times the full squad trained together. And, I, th- and I think Alex Stevie, Stevie Clark's found that already as well. It's 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 maybe not it's probably not what he thought it was when he when he agreed to take the job. I think it's a little bit different now, you know, when from the last time I was I was in the job then it, you know, you just picked a squad. Everybody turned up. There was no kind of real, you know. Now, now there's a there's a there's a, a kind of amber phone call going goes out now. You know, in advance with from the the medical team to see if any players in particular we were thinking of picking a player. Is there any issues? And then right away you're getting these amber flags, um, you know, in your face, and also some red ones right away, you know, no, don't do it. We're going to be giving him an injection. He's going to he's going to be out for two weeks and he'll play one, one game before the international. And I know, or one game after the international, and I know that you, you can have every right to kind of, um, you know, invoke the FIFA rules and all that stuff. But 
you know, you, you have to keep a, a, a kind of relationship with the, the clubs as well, and and that, that's what I found difficult this time around. And you know, so we we did suffer a lot from the, the call-offs, and um, you know, trying to get consistency was was pretty difficult, and, and I found that aspect of it this time around. Uh, you know, very, very different to the first time I was in charge. Has that changed dramatically, Alec, do you think, from the time you pulled on the Scotland Blue to, to the way it is now, that, that the burning desire to play and, and sometimes play through the pain barrier? Yeah, yeah, but honestly, uh, yeah, it's not fair to compare the boys nowadays with that. It, it's, there's a lot to do with clubs and, and the... The physiotherapy side of things, and you know, any little kind of issue can be a big problem. Or, you know, at times when when we had foreign players in the team, you know, I found out with Aberdeen and as a player, and then Rangers, then the foreigners seemed to like call off, you know, quite easier than Scots did. You know, the, the Scots and the, the team, maybe some of the, some English guys would go through hell and firewater to play, you know, and with Ferguson, that, that man in your well, maybe, you're, you're at home, Barry, are you doing this? No, he's in the studio. I'm in the studio. You're in the studio. You know, Barry was, um, like, would play with injuries and stuff. I played with injuries. I played, you know, many, many games with Aberdeen with injuries and, and also turned up for the Scotland games way back in the day. And it, But it's just changed. It's not, not, not the players' fault. It's just the way... That the game has evolved nowadays, and um, you know, it, it's a bit, as I said, we, we we can't just quite get that consistency. And you're talking about centre halves, you're talking about centre forwards. All of me, Burnley is he's had three or four games where he, he had chances and he could have scored. It's a shame that the big man didn't quite get off the mark. And these are the things that that can um, you know determine your career. And but he's he's had a good. Um, season with Sheffield United and yes. hopefully he'll come good next year Stevie's probably considering Lyndon Dykes and all that who said he'd rather play for Scotland so I guess there's there's um, you, you know a wee bit of a, a scope but, but we, we, we seem to have hundreds of midfielders and maybe not enough centre-halves and plenty of left-backs uh, well right-back you know um, even right the right-back was a problem I, I was going to play um, Tierney, if he'd been fit, you know, and the and, and the, the two qualified, the ones which were finally qualified against Albania and, and Israel, um, but we we played big party, you know, in the right back position because he he did a lot of experience with Hearts playing in that particular position. You'll be looking forward, Alec, to the with optimism and well, with hope at least uh, to the culmination of the of that playoff process which seems to have been going on forever but hopefully it has a, has a happy ending for us and you'll be able to take a bit of pride in that whole process of hopefully getting us to Euro 2021 No absolutely you know when, when um, you know those games were coming around I said that is our absolute goal you know the, these winning this this little group is the must that is definitely the the, the one that can give us that wee chance of glory. I did feel that the Russians would be too strong for us, uh, and and in Belgium we we needed kind of uh, medical performances, and 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 certainly to have every single player available for these crucial games, um, and and it kind of worked out that way. You know, there was I, th- I think in the 
the games that are they would actually triumph in competition games. So if you exclude the friendly games, then you know the the statistics are not too shabby. You know, sixty six percent win ratio, but you know. It, it, this time around, I didn't enjoy the job as much as I did last time. Alec, it's, it's Ali here. Um, I was just thinking, you've managed teams obviously in Scotland and in England. What what were the main differences did you find between sort of Rangers and then Birmingham City and Aston Villa? Was there much of a difference in the playing style of the, the players? Well, the Rangers team that I had and inherited from Dick Advocat was, was an absolute fantastic team. You know, I... Henrik Larson a few weeks ago said publicly that Celtic would have finished in the top four and we actually won the treble that year um, and that was the Celtic team who went to the European um, was it UEFA Cup final yep. mm-hmm. um, and, and lost you know maybe they, they deserved more from the game but you know we, we actually won that treble that year and Henrik said that Celtic would have been in the top four so I've got to think that Rangers would have been in the top four then as well so if you if you kind of um, look at the at Henrik's statements so those players that I had in that particular era Dick paid a lot of money to, to get these players to Rangers and to try and win the European Cup that was the goal, didn't quite make it but I certainly got um, everything out of the lads when Dick had felt that he'd he just couldn't get any more out of them and we, we we got you know Barry and the guys you know expressing themselves the board playing up front we tried to play the ball a wee bit forward much quicker rather than trying to walk it in the net uh, and we always found a way to win uh, in that, that season and even you know having lost a crucial game to Celtic near the end we, we still managed to pip them in, in the final running so uh, brilliant, fantastic players. That was a fair old team, Alec, wasn't it? And what, what, how do you see this season, Rangers versus Celtic? Do you, do you think Stephen Gerrard has enough in that squad to stop Celtic doing 10? Well, well I'm pretty excited to, to see what Roof and... Uh, is it Eaton, C- Cedric Eaton. Eaton, yeah. uh, Cedric Eaton, yeah. I'm, I'm certainly excited to see what they can do. I've seen a bit of Roof, you know, down here yeah. uh, in England and I, I was really, I really think that was an, a great acquisition. Now, you know, he, he obviously needs to find his his legs and and uh, get get right at it and make an impression very early on. But I, I thought those two signings looked, um, you know, pretty much uh, very very positive for Rangers. And um, obviously, the the Livingston result wasn't wasn't great and. They, you know, that you would expect them to be going there and winning these games. Great credit to to Lovey, the manager, set them up really well. Uh, but and and back in the day, when I think about you know the the treble win and then the helicopter Sunday win, the, we we found a way. You know, we we if, if something wasn't going right in one particular tactic, we found another way. We also had. You know the great influential players in the team who could make that happen. Yeah, great season in prospect, Alec. Lovely to talk to you, and uh, thank you very much for joining us on the Go Thanks Radio for having Football me. Show. Thanks a lot, Barry. Great, great. Cheers, Gaffer.
All the best. That was Alec McLeish. On the Go Radio Football Show. You can join us as well. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Yeah, the Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday night, 5 till 7, Monday to Friday, the best of football chat. And tonight, Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson in the studio. And we're about to hear from Mark McGee. But uh, before that, Barry, how much are you looking forward to Lyon against Bayern? What a game that's going to be tonight in the Champions League. Oh, fantastic. I mean, Bayern Munich for me, Rob, and Friday night against uh, Barcelona were, were unbelievable. I, I just love watching German football uh, I think technically they're, they're unbelievable and obviously they're, they're strong and, and fit but that Bayern Munich team for anybody any aspiring coach or anybody who loves football sit down and watch them they're they're a special watch love tuning in um, some fantastic players um, so looking forward to it and Leon I mean what a result for them as well nobody expected them to beat Man City and Dembele getting a couple of yeah, goals I see you a... mentioned that he starts tonight yeah. so I'll get back quickly and, <laughs> and watch it tonight you are staying till the end of the show yeah Good. What, what time do you kick off? <laughs> no, kick off's uh, not till eight. That's all right. I'll in stay your, in your speedy sports car you'll be home in no time I've not so... seen your car is it quite speedy? <laughs> no alright I'm going to have to look no, I've <laughs> seen your car what kind of car is that? well don't want to advertise but it's three letters and it starts with a K alright and ends with an A. <laughs> it's the Go Radio Football Show. Before the break, we heard from former Rangers manager Alec McLeish. After the break, we're hearing from former Celtic striker Mark McGee. But former Celtic striker doesn't really tell the whole story because I was just refreshing my memory, Mark, on your clubs. In terms of playing, Morton, Newcastle, Aberdeen, Hamburg, Celtic, Reading and Scotland. And Then I was going to scribble down all the clubs you've managed, but uh, I ran out of paper, to be perfectly honest. What, what, a, what a career you've had. Uh, Rob, uh, yes, thanks. Um, yeah, I've been lucky. You know, I've uh, been at great clubs. Um, I've spent quite, I mean, I've averaged about three and a half years at most of the clubs I've been at. So, <laughs> you know, you're not doing too badly if you stay for that long, you know. So, yeah. you know, I've had great times now and, and yeah, I consider myself very fortunate. We ended up there with Alec uh, speaking about the, the season's title race in, in Scotland. What, what are your feelings on that in terms of Celtic going for 10 under Neil Lennon? Do you see Rangers being able to stop them? I think anything's possible, of course. I can see uh, Rangers are getting closer every year and I think the um, situation regarding the... Um, you know the structure of the game and the, the, the no crowds and all that goes with that. It's going to have an effect somewhere. It's going to have some sort of um, influence on it. You know, so who knows? Maybe the unusual circumstances might might help Rangers. But I think equally, I think you see a result like um, last night Celtic's European result, and that's a convincing result. Um, I think that's you know putting down a little bit of a marker, showing that they're serious, that they're at it already. And uh, and showing Rangers and anybody else that aspire to it, whether it's Hibs or Aberdeen or whoever or Motherwell, that you know they're going to have to you know beat them. You know they're going to have to get above them. And it was important, I guess, on the back of the disruption as well, the fact they'd missed a couple of games um, to to come back effectively with those half a dozen goals against Reykjavik. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, you, you might think they could have lost a bit of an edge and. Uh, Clearly, that shows that you know they were at it right away, scored early. Um, but I think you know this uh, disruption could continue 
um, all, all season things could happen, and I'm not talking about because of anything that anyone particularly does, but just because of the world we're now living, um, lockdowns here, lockdowns there, you never know where it's going to pop up next. So, you know, teams could find themselves missing games and could find themselves uh, falling behind in terms of fixtures and then having to do a really um, seriously busy fixture schedule at some stage of the season when it's not ideal. So, you know, it's going to be interesting how all these variables, you know, the unknown variables, are going to affect everybody's performances. It's interesting to look at the relative strength of the squads. I mean, we've been speaking in the course of, of the show already about the, the rumour machine, which is uh, Tom Rogic possibly exiting Celtic to play football in Qatar. But it, it underlines that he can't get in the team. He's he's won them so many big games in recent seasons. Olivier in charm, uh, that special goal against Lazio and his general quality of performance as well. These guys can't get in the Celtic team and it, it tells the story of a really strong squad, doesn't it? It does, but you know, Rogic is someone who's flirted. Uh, you know, he's scored a lot of those goals that are coming off the bench. You know, uh, you know he's not always been a fixture in the team, and I think when the, uh, the figure I saw was four million. Yeah. And you know, I think at this stage, if they can get four million for for him, then it's, it would be a good bit of business to reinvest in there, a younger player and someone who can really threaten uh, someone who's in the team. You know, so you, you want to try and buy players to go in the team. You know, not necessarily to strengthen your bench. So you know, um, I, I think they should be looking to improve from the top rather than from the bottom where, you know, they, they, they have a better bench. So, you know, letting him go and investing in a player that goes in the team would be good business for me. Neil Lennon's had a massive impact, hasn't he, in his second spell in charge? Because I think for a lot of Celtic fans, uh, he wasn't anywhere near their number one choice when Brendan Rodgers left to go to Leicester. I mean, it all happened very quickly. And uh, maybe Celtic, the Celtic fans were looking for what they would see as a, a bigger name at the time. But what a job he's done since. I mean, onwards and upwards. Yeah, well, you know, then quite often, you know, you look at things and uh, you question the people that are making these decisions, you know, who gets the job, when they get it, those sort of things. And in the end, you know, when it starts, you think to yourself, this is not going to work. And, and sometimes it doesn't and you wonder about these people. But when they make a good decision and it's against the sort of grain, then they deserve credit. And I think uh, Peter Lawler and his directors in Burma, you know, they, they knew Neil, they knew that uh, he knew that the, the club and that he would hit the ground running. That it wasn't someone who would have to acclimatise to the old firm mentality and the old firm pressures. That Neil could come in there and immediately pick up the reins, and uh, they backed their own judgment and, and, and good on them. And it's worked. And um, any doubts I think that anyone had um, should be gone. And uh, you know they're looking at a manager there that could uh, be there for a while and build his own. Legacy, you know. So, yeah, I, I think he's done brilliantly. And uh, as I say, I think we deserve credit for appointing him. Mark, it's Barry Ferguson here. How you doing? Hi, Barry. I'll ask you a f- serious football question. How lazy was this, Bob this Malcolm? Will be, this, this will be the first of the night then. <laughs> How lazy was Bob Malcolm? I've heard a few stories. The best, the, the, the best thing that Bob ever done um, for us was getting sent off at Parkhead where we went on and won the game with 10 men you know so <laughs> no uh, all seriousness uh, uh, I enjoyed working with Bob uh, you know him you know, a lot better than me mm-hmm. um, he, he's a, a bit of a character he's um, 
the way he goes about his business. But you know, he was a level of player that um, that uh, took us up a little notch, you know, because of his experience of Eric being and the type he was. So no, I enjoyed working with Bob. No, he's got nothing but good things to say. Have you got any thoughts about management? Are you happy with what you're doing just now? Are you looking to get back in at I any stage? You know, I, 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 um, you know, you know, you're younger than me, but you feel younger than you look or that you, 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 you actually are. I'm the same, you know. So, you know, I'm keeping myself fit. I'm keeping myself ready. But the, the reality is, I'm 63. You know what I mean? And people looking at your CV and okay, I've had, you know, I've been at Reading and Leicester and Wolves and Millwall and Brighton and Motherwell and Aberdeen and all that jazz and had success. But equally, I got my first job at Reading when I was 34. So I can't really complain now when young guys, the chairman and owners now look at and see energy and enthusiasm and ambition. When they go for those sort of guys, you know, I can't complain. So the reality is that I'm unlikely to get the sort of job that 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 would make me jump back in. However, uh, one thing I do want to do is I want to help. And if there's somebody out there, you know, a younger manager, a younger coach, who feels like somebody with my experience alongside them or as some part of their team would help them, then I'd love to do that. Having done the assistance job with Gordon, I know I could do that. You know, I'm not someone who who can, you know, take a back seat. You know, I really enjoyed doing that with Gordon. And I think I really enjoyed doing that at a club. So something like that would probably be the right thing for me at this stage. Great. Mark, it's Ali here. Um, we've been speaking a bit earlier, hiya, about um, German football and how much Barry rates it. Um, but, and many of us do. But you've played for Hamburg. What differences did you notice in the game from the Scottish game? Well, of course, that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it was a different world. But th- there were differences. And people used to say that to me about, why are the Germans so successful? Because at that time they were European Championship winners and World Cup winners and all that jazz. And Hamburg had won the European Cup the year before when the year before I went there they beat Juventus in the final. You know, so they were European champions. Um, why were they, why were they so good? They had a different mentality. You know, I, 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 it's too long a story to tell you, but I had a very early experience as a player when I went to one of my first uh, pre-season games with them. And we arrived, and something happens where I saw something, and I told the rest of the players. And when I told them, they, they looked at me as if I was daft. And I know I'd have got a big, big different reaction in Celtic or Aberdeen that from what I got from those players. They were just so focused on a game against, you know, some amateur team that it was, you know, it was just an eye opener for me. You know that they took everything they did. They prepared for training and the way that we prepared for games, you know, they just were a, they were just another notch ahead of us at the time. I think, you know, largely, although the, the, the Champions League maybe doesn't bear that up with two French teams and two German teams in the semi-final, but I think largely we've caught up, certainly in England, and I think um, most of the clubs in, in, in the top division in Scotland aspire to it, but we've caught up a little bit, but they're still, they still do things in such a kind of ruthlessly professionally what have Bayern done uh, Mark to get themselves to this sort of level where on Friday night they were knocking eight goals past Barcelona well I think they've got um, they've got great players for starters you know and, and Thomas Muller 
you know, you know, when when we played them in the national team, you know, I remember describing them as, you know, it was like he was made out of fresh air. <laughs> you know, you were standing, you were standing looking at them, and I would turn to Gordon or something and say, you know, something, and look back, and then he was gone. You know, he was like he just evaporated. You know, um, and he was then popped up somewhere else. His movement, their movement. Uh, you know, talking about fitness and all that, of course, you know, British teams are fit, Scottish teams are fit, Celtic are fit, Rangers are fit, but, you know, these guys just take it to another level, I mean, not just, you know, Bayern, you know, that was a, a freak result, you know, Barcelona themselves, Man City, all these great teams, you know, you watch them play, their movement in particular, something I don't think enough emphasis is put on the timing of movement, the, the ability of those players just to to move at the right moment to create space for somebody else and for the person they see in the past. You know, those sort of things. It's just brilliant and it's very difficult to play against. It's not all about money, is it, either, with Bayern? I mean, they're they're far from the biggest spending team in Europe. No, but, you know, don't be kidded. You know, these guys are, are, are wealthy guys. They, they earn a lot of money. You know, they don't... They don't uh, do what many of the, 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 the other sides in, in, in for instance, Man City and that do, where they're paying these huge fees. Bayern don't do that. Bayern go out and they, they, they buy young players and they, they buy hot properties and they develop them and they, they, um, they, they, they're, they're, they're very disciplined in the way they recruit. Uh, the recruitment's a huge part of the fact that they're as good as they are. I'm interested in what you, what you were saying earlier, uh, Mark, about maybe football throwing away expertise at times when when people hit a certain age. I mean, I mean, we were speaking to Alec McLeish earlier on and he was saying pretty much what you're saying, which is, no, I'm, I'm not particularly mad about a frontline job, but I would like to be involved, maybe director of football, maybe some sort of consultancy thing. I mean, that, I think that's that's what you're talking about as well. But, but sometimes... W- w- do we throw away football experience and expertise sometimes too early? I, I think there's, you know, one of the problems you've got for guys like myself is that there's a huge amount of talent coming through at the other end, you know. As I say, I got my writing job, my first job when I was 34, you know. Um, at the thing at the time, I was the youngest manager in, the, in England, you know. So that's going to happen now, and therefore we're subject to being squeezed out at the top. But, you know, I, I'm not quite the same as Alec in the sense that, you know, Alec's talking about director of football. Yeah, of course I would consider something like that. But, you know, I'm talking about for myself more of a kind of job on the training ground, a job alongside a young manager and a young coach and that, and, you know, and uh, helping them with, 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 with issues, you know, that um, you get in the dressing room, you get in the training field, you get in games, you know, um, helping with recruitment, doing, doing all that sort of thing. Um, a hands-on type of thing alongside someone rather than an executive position uh, that's fine you know I think I'm capable of that but I don't really want that Mark have you got any managers in mind that you think you know what I think I'd work well with their style or I'd get on well with them yeah Guardiola I'd work with him (laughs) (laughs) oh okay Pochettino I'd work with him Uh, and you wouldn't uh, be hard to deal with financially would you Listen, I don't know. I, I, it'd be wrong of me to say um, who, you know, there's plenty of guys I've worked with, both as players and things that that um, will become managers. One or two guys have spoken to me and said that when they do, they would, they would like to consider me coming with them. So, you know, there are things that are, you know, that um, maybe not immediately, but, you know, that, um, that may or may not happen. But no, I, I, people know I'm here. 
um, having the opportunity even now to speak to you and to to declare, you know, that that's something I'd be interested in is is not a, a bad thing for me to be able to do. Um, but you know, you, you just have to wait and see. You know, chairman and owners now have ideas as well. When when a manager's appointed, they already have kind of. Uh, ideas of how they, they want the structure of the, the club to be and the type of people they want at the club. Um, and I don't just mean that, the type of person. I'm talking about the profile of the person, the age and all of that, you know. So, as I say, people look at me and, uh, you know, and it, uh, I, I would think to me and think, well, he's 63. Well, I, you know, I like to think, I'm, you know, I'm still out running. Yeah, he's gr- running. you're grinding out those 20k runs, Mark. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not running 20 <laughs> Rob, I can assure you I'm not. Those are walks. Oh, all oh, right. <laughs> The, the runs are a lot shorter. Than you should have seen Barry's face there. He only did 10 today, right? 20K. I never I oh. run 20k when I was a player. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I'm, I keep, I keep, I'm keeping myself in, uh, in good fettle. You know, during Come the on. lockdown, I spent a lot of time. So, you know, physically, yeah, I could go on a training ground and stand and I'm never going in, but you know, you know, uh, to be on a training ground, I don't think I've had too much of an embarrassment no. for somebody. So, yeah, I'm ready for that. Good man, Mark. Whatever happens next, good luck with it, and good to talk to you. Oh, all the best. Bye. Cheers, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Right, Mark McGee on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Another busy night on the Go Radio Football Show. Just heard from Mark McGee, Lee McCulloch earlier on, Alec McLeish as well, Barry Ferguson in the studio with me, Rob McLean, and Ali Defoy alongside. And who we got on the phones, Ali? If I'm pronouncing this correctly, is it Jai from Bar- uh, Barhead? Uh, my question is to Barry, uh, who would they like to play in the midfield beside and why? In the current Rangers team? Yeah, and the current Rangers team, who would they like to play beside and why? Well, I'll be honest with you, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ryan Jack. I, I thought when Rangers first signed him, um, I wasn't too sure, but certainly over the, the, the past 12 months or so, he's grew into to be a, a proper midfielder, so I, I would like to go in and, and play beside him. And Arebo's another player who I, I thought last season, at stages when I watched him, you could see he had very good potential and certainly in pre-season and the games that he's already started for Rangers at the start of this season he's been decent but for me the the main the, the main guy in the engine room just now in that, the Rangers team is, is certainly Ryan Jack for me Do you miss Arebo when he's not around Jai? Hello Jai Hello He's still there Yeah do, how, how much do you miss Arebo when he's not around? Mate, see this season he's been absolutely immense. I just don't know what's happened, but this season he's just clicked. Yeah, he certainly last season I, I seen in, in parts of games you could see that, that there was a player in him. Rob, if I'm being honest with you, just consistent, Aye, just, just consistent wise, it wasn't there. Certainly pre-season games he's been Rangers, uh, Rangers best player, and he's carried that on into the into the season. And you could see in Sunday against Livingston. He was certainly no, missed, and he's he's that different type of midfielder from Kamara or Jack. He's the one that will go beyond what we were speaking about Monday night. I think Rangers need that type of midfielder who's going to run beyond uh, the forward-thinking players. So, no, certainly a, a rebo if he carries on this this sort of form, there'll be there'll be a bit of interest in him down south. I'm sure. Did that worry you, Jai, that without a rebo there were a lack of ideas at Livingston? Uh, it was just. Some of the players looked a wee bit abreast to me, 
you know what I mean? It's just like Ryan, uh, Ryan Kent after half time, it was just just kept doing all these skills. You know what I mean? Just kept going for it, uh, luring the fouls in. Um, but to me, there was only three or four players that were actually trying. To me, but we definitely definitely missed Aribo. I reckon it goes forward a lot. Yeah, you need to, you, you, Kent, Kent was the man for you, Barry, wasn't he? he the, who kept at it and, and kept trying things and drifting inside and switching sides and, and he had that great chance right at the end to score as well. Yep, certainly he was the, the bright spark um, in the Rangers team. He was the one, Rob, that when he got into that final third, he tried to make things happen. Um, his other players struggled a bit. Like Hadji was a bit off it. I know he's had a bit of criticism, which I think is a bit unfair. We all have off days. Um it wasn't Hadji's best day but Ryan Kent for me certainly on the kind of form that he showed he can be a match winner there's no doubt in my mind about that Who was the best player you did play with for Rangers in midfield? Um, I had a lot of good relationships uh, right away at the start Van Bronckhurst who went on to do fantastic things down at Arsenal and obviously played with, with Barcelona Can I throw one at you? Um, Two guy? Unbelievable footballer, Rob. Technically, probably him and Ronald De Boer were technically probably the, the best um, that I'd played with. But another one a lot of people tend to forget that I really, really enjoyed playing with was Claudia Arena. I thought he was a fantastic footballer. Um, just went about his business, but again, could play anywhere in midfield. He even f- uh, filled in at right back at times. Um, so... There was a lot of top class midfielders, Alberts, there's another yeah. one, Neil McCann, I mean I, I thought Neil McCann was a, a fantastic, I, I know he's a winger but the way that we played he, he came into midfield at times, uh, Claudia Canigia as well played in there. So, yeah. who, would you, who would you have liked seen your, in your moments of football fantasy, who, who would you have liked to have had alongside you in midfield if you, if you had the choice of any time and any country? Who, who would you have had alongside? Who would you have liked to play with? If I played or I could choose anyone, mm-hmm. um, I'd probably go for Xavi. Xavi. I, I played yeah. against him a, a couple of times. Um, on <laughs> just some of the things he done, he done with a football uh, was mind boggling. Um, could run a game very small as well. I was really surprised when I lined up against him in the tunnel, five foot six. Um, but oh, the, the guy could manipulate a ball he could do anything with a ball and his playing partner at that time was Iniesta as well not who, a bad pairing he wasn't too bad himself <laughs> um, but I would have loved to have, have played in a, a, a kind of midfield like that but listen I, I was blessed to play with so many so many top players in, uh, in that Rangers team Jai thanks for your call Jai from uh, Barhead uh, a Rangers fan now we've got a Celtic fan on the line Stephen from Barhead as well Stephen uh, what would you like to say? Yeah I'm just going to talk about Tom Rogic um, I'm mostly at the other side of the fence uh, from Barhead from your previous caller Yes <laughs> Yeah <laughs> That's um, allowed I mean I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence officially with Tom Rogic obviously I think he's been a great servant to the club, but I think over the last couple of years, he's only managed in total sort of 57 games, eight goals, and that's massively down on the previous couple of years. And half of the games he probably didn't even finish or come off the, like, come off the bench. So It's incredible the number uh, of games he hasn't finished, isn't it? I know. It's, I don't know the official stat on it, but I mean, I think when he... He's a big game player. I think he turned up in the bigger games, maybe wasn't noticeable in the 
the games maybe you know Ross County away type thing. You know, I think he, he was a big game player, big moments. So I'm for that side, I'm gutted that he's potentially leaving. But for the club's point of view, they're probably looking to get more bang for the buck. You know, in regards to the wages putting out versus the amount of games he's actually playing. So I, sp- I suppose it's easy to see the romantic side of it as well. And you look back on those cup finals and those big games where he's he's scored the the decisive goal. But in recent times, hasn't really featured a whole lot. And I guess it's at that stage, Barry, where Celtic are looking at making some money off him. Yeah, and he's not not getting any any younger, Rob, as well. Um, so if a player, you know, go back to what I said about at the start of the show, I, I really think he is a quality midfielder. There's no doubt he's a match winner for Celtic, but they might be looking at can, this is the time to cash in on him. Uh, they're talking around about four million pound. It is a, a decent amount of money. I don't know how long he's got left in his contract. I think a year or two yeah. maximum. Um, so I, I would probably think that he's no when Neil Lennon took took over again. He wasn't always a starter. And then obviously Ryan Christie coming into the frame and and basically that number ten position's been been his for the past uh, twelve months or so. Uh, so that's why. That's another reason, sorry, why Rodgers has found it hard to get into that team. And there's another top midfielder at the sidelines in Cham, who yep. we were talking about as well. So I probably think, I'd be surprised now, I, I, I'm sure a lot of Celtic fans will be uh, disappointed to see him go. But I can see it happening. £4 million, it might be a good bit of business for Celtic. Can you see Olivier and Cham getting into the team, Stephen? Would he be in your ideal eleven, or is there no shifting Ryan Christie? Well, I'm, I'm going to probably come across controversial, but I've been go for it. I think I think in Cham should be starting ahead of Brown, um, and I know people talk about the intangibles of you know the captain being on the park, but I remember towards the end of Paul Lambert and Tom Boyd's it's that period at Celtic that. They could still be captain and have a massive influence, but not necessarily on the pitch. Um, I think McGregor is already the replacement for Brown in the team. The, the, the numbers that he's turning up and the stats and all this, the way he plays, I just think he's he's took over as the main driving force of that midfield. That's your position, Barry. Does that work for you, Olivier and Cham, in one of those holding midfield positions alongside McGregor? I, I think he's... Yeah. He's that good he could play any position in midfield. He could play the number six position, the holding midfielder, or he can play further forward. Um, that's how much I rate him. Um, and I'm surprised that he doesn't play as much as he, he does under Neil Lennon. Because um, as I said, he brings so much quality at times. Maybe it's a bit of consistency. Maybe certain games that, that Neil Lennon doesn't fancy him to play, play in. Um, but for me... I think Cham should be should be starting for Celtic. I think again he's a he's a top quality midfielder. Steven, I was going to just say you mentioned also about Roger. He's he's twenty eight in December. and He's still got three years left on a contract. So you know in regards, and we only got him for four hundred thousand. So you know it's like three and a half million pound sort of profit on him at a late stage in his career. So you know I don't think we're going to get more out of him. And Celtic have got a, Celtic have got a great record as well, Stephen, haven't they? In in the market and the transfer market in terms of moving people on at the right time, getting them in for a decent fee, and, and making a profit at the end of it. Yeah, but I think for for a while they've been shopping and still been shopping in the sort of one to two million pound sort of market. When when we were getting those good deals with the likes of Wanyama and Virgil, you know, I think the transfer market's moved on a bit from then. I would say those players are now 
sort of five to seven million. So that's why you're seeing guys like Encham and uh, Julianne and even Edward that are a wee bit more expensive that you're kind of getting what you're paying for. So, you know, the one to two million mark is Bayo, Kwamala, you know, guys like that who seem to be a bit of hit or miss. So, you know, Roger was bought, what, back in 2013. So, you know, it's, it's, we've had brilliant years out of them. We've had some big moments out of them. So I can get, understand why the club want to move them on. But it's, it's you know, it's it's gotten at the same time. I wish he could play more, but he's clearly just knowing Neil Lennon's plans. They must be regretting no paying that extra half a million pound for John McGinn. I think that was... Yeah. Um, I think that was crazy in Celtic's part. You just see, Rob, what he's went down and, and done in the, the Premier League. He's, he went down a good player, there's no doubt about it, but he's turning into a, an excellent player. You've seen him for Scotland, one of the top men now, a certain starter in my eyes in the, the national team. So I was surprised that, that Celtic let that one go. Stephen, I think, thanks. Yeah. I think that's all we've got time for really at the end of the of the show. But Stephen, thanks very much for uh, calling and uh, having your say on Tom Rogic. The the rumours continue about his uh, impending departure from Celtic Park. The Scottish Premiership is back tomorrow night, and we're back with the Go Radio Football Show five till seven tomorrow. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go.